You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. Today on the Zabecast, the Caps get up off the mat and force a Game 7 for the right to play the NHL Cinderella, Las Vegas, in the Stanley Cup Finals. We've got Tim Murray to talk Caps, NBA playoffs, and who you would want to shoot a three to save your life. And why if anyone even looks at Expedia for flights, they're going to be beaten to within an inch of their life. If you've got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Tuesday, May 22nd, 2018, and wow, wow, holy shnikes. What an effort by my Washington Capitals to defeat the Tampa Bay Lightning 3-0 last night. A shutout for Braden Holtby, a.k.a. the Holt Beast, as it was rock'em, sock'em hockey at its finest. Don Cherry, despite his general distaste for Russians, and European players in general, had to have been loving that game by the Capitals last night. They just hit and hit and hit, and it was clean, and it was smart hitting, and it was fucking relentless. It was glorious. Tim Murray will be by in just minutes to further discuss. Before I get to that, can I just talk trains for a second? Choo-choo trains, electric choo-choo trains, a.k.a. the D.C. Metro. I promise, let me set a clock here because I was chided for going too long on my golf trip yesterday. I said it'd be short and sweet, and then I went 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 minutes. Okay, stopwatch, start, and here we go. No more than three minutes on the Metro. So the Metro last night was kept open for an extra hour by Uber, who paid the hundred grand or so of expenses to keep the Metro open beyond 11.30, which is the usual closing time here in D.C. for our subway system. I know you're shocked. Like, the subway closes? Like, what about people that work in hospitals and late shifts? How do they get around? I mean, I've been to New York City. That, that subway's open all, all day, all night. Right. That's New York. That's not D.C. Now, our subway system is cleaner. And in a lot of ways, nicer than New York, but it doesn't necessarily work as well. Part of the problem is, and this was sent in by my friend, Dr. Tom O'Brien of TetraCore Inc. He says, Zabe, the big problem with the DC Metro was they never built a third track. It's the only Metro in the world to not have a third track. And as such, all repairs cause single tracking for the lines, which is misery. Plus, it's not designed to go suburb to suburb. The cost keeps going up and the service keeps going down. Yes, right now, the DC Metro 
as a campaign called Back to Good. We want to get the Metro back to good. In other words, they, they admit that Metro is shit right now with delays and, well, there was a derailment, uh, for those that don't live here in D.C., a derailment that uh, killed like seven people. It's horrible, right? And so they have realized that, oh, the uh, authority that oversees Metro has been negligent, shocker, in the repairs required to keep the tracks running well. They're also losing their money. They're losing money hand over fist. They're losing, they're losing their ass running this Metro, which is amazing because it's also not cheap to ride the Metro in D.C. I don't know what it costs. I, like, I, well, how much is it? Seven, eight, nine, ten bucks to go perhaps one way, certain direction. I, I don't ride it very much, so I don't know. And I also don't know what cheap or expensive is, but everyone who rides it says, it's not cheap. Furthermore, there is this silver line that has been created out in my neck of the woods, all the way out to Loudoun County, that is a complete and total boondoggle. It costs $6 billion. And guess what? It doesn't increase actual service because they didn't buy more cars to service these extra miles of track because they are already maxed out at a certain choke point, the Potomac River Metro Rail Tunnel was already at its capacity of 26 trains per hour during peak periods, and therefore the only way to service the new line, the new silver line, is to have reduced service on the orange line by 42%. That's great. Same thing for the blue line. Their service has been cut. So in other words, the new track they built going out to Loudoun County, which I didn't want, many others didn't want. The developers all wanted it because it was a huge boon to them. Hotels, retail, oh, let's build it right along the Metro line in Tyson's. They loved it, but it didn't actually increase capacity. It just cannibalized other parts of the system. And on top of that, there is a study I saw that said that the reliability of the cars on the track has taken a steep decline because with the addition of the Silver Line, guess what? They're traveling more miles, which means more damage, which means more repairs, which means more cars out of service. Yay, Metro. And we don't even have the money to keep it open to midnight or 1 a.m. when there is a game in town, either a Caps game or a Nats game, both of which, both stadiums, sit right there on Metro lines. Very convenient, in theory, to take them down there if you don't mind leaving in the ninth inning of a tie ball game or the 12th inning or the first or second overtime and go, "Ah, well, it was good while it lasted. Now I'm leaving. Four minutes, 12 seconds. There. Sorry, I went over by a minute. Sue me. Timmy, tea time, Murray. You know him, you love him. He's back in the rotation this week. I thought there should have been a headline yesterday. Snyder sells the team. Oh, that would have been funny. That would have been funny. Snyder sells the team. And then it's not wrong. People, it's not wrong. <laughs> and like, oh, the team 980. Oh, the radio the station. The radio station, oh. yes. That would have gotten people very, very horny. No question about it. Timmy, Tea Time Murray, the Muhlenberg icon, is joining us here on the Zabecast. Hello, Tim O'Fay. How you doing, buddy? You know, I was uh, I was I was a little shaky last week, not getting an invitation. I was worried. I was talking to my wife. Did I do something wrong? Oh, did an I invite get on the fired? show. Fired. 
But uh, you you had your boy trip down to uh, North Kakalaka. It's a man trip, not a boy trip. Come sorry. on. Sorry, I meant boys. With there you a go, Z. boys. My boys. Yeah, with a Z. Yeah, boys. Uh, but uh, I'm glad to be back. Uh, it was uh, it was a, a well needed week off to recoup and take quality notes and to uh, write things down. So good. I'm good, feeling good. good. I'm, I'm fired up. Good, I'm glad. And by the way, I'm glad that you're like, hey man, I didn't get an invite to be on the Zabecast this week. What the fuck? Am I not delivering the good stuff? Meanwhile, guys like Jayco are like, hey, when am I going to get back on? Murray took my place? Murray? <laughs> he, he quickly said, I like Murray though. So it's just funny that you guys are, uh, are kind of jockeying with each other now. Like, hey, where, what would I miss my turn or something? I'm not paying any of you guys anything yet. I want to pay you a stipend once I... Wait, turn wait, open wait, the spigot on, of money for this read, highly popular Zabecast podcast thing cast. I read a article in the Washington Post that told me podcasters are making five hundred thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars per podcast. Yeah, Bill Simmons is maybe the PFT commenter, the local dude with yes. the long hair. They yes. are making. A shitload. Yes, they of are. Money. Good yes, for them. Good that is... for them. They're doing very well. I listen to their podcast. It's, it's enjoyable. Fine. It's it's a little bit too sticky for me. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of the same every week. Of course, people will say that about my Zabecast. A lot of the same guests, Zabe. You know, you really need to get some other people on. I'm going to start bringing in people from beyond the realm here. But I wanted to get in the rhythm of here's my rotation of guys. But, yeah, they, 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 people say, well, I don't want too much variation. I like what the Zabecast is. Don't change anything. And then they're like, well, you could probably do something different. It's always that tension of do you want well, different or do you want the same? It's how like the long, same thing with Zabe... sex and with your wife and with your <laughs> family. Like you, This is true. I'm not kidding, Murray. This is a proven sociological fact. People want, they want, to be, they want predictability with a dollop of surprise. But they only want pleasant surprise. They don't want surprise like you coming home to find your wife with the starting five of the New York Knickerbockers in your living room. That would be a bad surprise. God! Yeah, I'd, I'd rather Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and Ennis Cantor not be in my living room. That, would, uh, that would not be enjoyable. Um, All right, so real quick, because I talked about it before I brought you on here. The fucking Capitals delivered a Pantheon-level game of awesomeness to woo! force a Game 7. How great was that last night? The Smith-Pelly uh, boner that I have right now from the hit that he had on, was it McDonough behind the net that took out Beagle? That was the Malachi crunch where oh he actually he caught, he caught Beagle in the crossfire. Beagle's like, what the fuck, dude? You yeah. just crushed me too. Yeah. And Beagle definitely got concussed on that. His noodles smoked the ice. But right. they're hockey players, so they don't care. It was Girardi. And it was Girardi. It was he, a Girardi, okay. He just said, I see Girardi. I see his head is down. I am going to dump truck that motherfucker, and then Beagle, oh, sorry, bro, had to do what I had to do. Orpic just meleeed Paquette like he was a traffic cone. Wilson took out Kunitz with a textbook hip check, and even Ovi, when he was making those mad first-period dashes to the net, even though he was getting the puck knocked away, he was just banging into dudes like, get out of my way, Russian machine never breaks. Glorious. So anyway... 
And no. then the uh, the the Smith Pelly goal, which was set up by ridiculous speed of Chandler Stevenson, and then Beagle no look. Oh my god, that was such a bonerific type of play. Well, not oh. only that, but Smith Pelly went goal line to goal line to make the play. He lifted the puck out of the zone, followed the play all the way down ice, had the presence of mind to say, you know, I'm just going to kind of cruise through the crease here. Because I think that Stevenson may send it back to me. Stevenson had the hustle to wash out the icing. That was the first part of the play. Beagle had the smarts to play it back to Stevenson on the boards. And then when one quick little backhanded flip, almost a no-looker, oh, look at this, DSP cruising in, burn, 2 nothing. And then even up 2 nothing, they were getting chances shorthanded. They were fucking relentless last night, and it was something... I don't want to say I've never seen it from this team, but it was an amazing thing to see because it's what makes you as a fan not just happy for your team, uh, Murray. It makes you proud of your team. Now they've the, just got to win game seven. But how were, was it? When, 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 I wasn't the only one where you watch that first period and so many good things are happening. The, the aggressiveness is there. They're getting opportunities, and it's 0-0. Zero, zero. And even after Oshie gets the power play goal in the second period, after 40 minutes, you're like, fuck. Yeah. All, all one little deflection, and we're tied at one, and we're, we're losing here in six, and that would have been the classic cap way to lose. Yes. But this postseason, so far, has defied normalcy for the past decade. They have been able to slay the monster. They go down 2-0 and come back and win a series. So I, I was I, already pre-thinking – because we tend to do this in sports radio. I was pre-thinking the types of plays we would talk about for years to come, including when Vasilevsky lost his stick, sprawls out on his belly like a kid in the candy store aisle uh, at the grocery store complaining to his mommy he wants the M&Ms, throwing a fit. He sprawls out, no stick, and then stops not one, not two, but three koozie doorstep whack, whack, whacks. I'm like, okay, fuck it. This is we're gonna talk about that non-goal forever. They ring the post in the second period. Another one, you go, ah, we're gonna talk about that forever. But no, they came up in the clutch. Holtby was great, and it's on to a game seven. So maybe this is a repeat of the three previous or the two previous series, where it is the what I call the darkest before the dawn prototype for a series where you're down to nothing after blowing both home games against Columbus. It is dark. It is, Mitch, it is pitch midnight. It is threat level midnight, as Michael Scott would say, right? And then they go and win the series. They lose the first game to Pittsburgh, and they end up trailing in that series, and you're like, threat level midnight again, and they come back and they win in six games. Now they go up 2 nothing. They lose the next three. They're facing elimination at home. Threat level midnight, and they win. God, would it be glorious if they win on Wednesday night. Impromptu Zabe Vegas Memorial Day weekend. Wrap it up with Bruh. a 5 p.m. Bruh. Pacific time Bruh. puck drop at T-Mobile Arena. Let's Bruh. make it happen. Let's do it. I totally want to do it. The only question is who pays for it. <laughs> I want my station to pay for it. What right Zabecast, now, right? Isn't this? But didn't we talk about? Aren't you making fifty grand on this thing? Oh my god! Yeah, you know what? That would be fantastic. Why not? Why? I, 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 I should just. You're do playing it. Vegas I in the first Stanley Cup in two decades. Look, they've already won Wednesday night. They're not even need to play it. It's it's you know Vegas. What? Okay, it's Vegas, baby. 
do we I gotta dare, go. It's Memorial I, Day week. It's a three-day weekend. Do I dare even look ahead at the schedule? Oh, I have the schedule right now. Games one and two, Stanley Cup Finals are Monday, May twenty-eighth, Memorial Day Monday, eight p.m. Eastern, five p.m. Vegas. Game two. Wednesday, May 30th, so a week from this upcoming Wednesday, and then Rock the Red at the Verizon Center, or whatever okay. the hell it's called now, Saturday, June 2nd. Okay, so, all right, my birthday is June 1st. Maybe I can talk my wife into letting me go to the Wednesday game, game two, out in Vegas, and maybe I can lean on somebody out there to give me a studio to do my show because sure. there's an hour gap between the end of the show and the start of game one. Call up uh, call up our buddy Craig Larson. He would hook you hook you up. Do you think or talk on Uncle Brent will hook you up? Go yeah, to VSIN. Exactly. Do you think that do you think that uh, I know tickets will be impossible. But I don't care. I just want to watch the game in Vegas. I want to be amidst the atmosphere, the environment. I mean I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd love to be in the building, but I, I think that's a bridge too far. I don't know. A quick May, quick could aside, I get a, real could I get a credential? Aside. Uh yeah you could oh hundred percent you could co- definitely get I don't ESPN co- or Team nine eighty I don't be, I don't cover the team on a regular doesn't basis matter. doesn't matter you don't think so it's a, it's the Stanley Cup you're you're a noted personality you could get you could get a credential but then I can't then I can't cheer though you can't cheer you can't you can't do your normal videos and, quietly, and all of that I get quietly fist pumped have you seen the videos that they're producing in that arena I know pregame. They're, they're it's kinda, ridiculous. They're kind of silly. They're kind of ridiculous. People it is, are but, into them. but it's it's Vegas. If it was any, if if the Winnipeg Jets were doing that type of shit, you'd be like, what What are we doing here? Okay. But it's Vegas. It is classic Vegas. All right, I should just stop talking about this because it is. Absolutely... We're going to lose on Wednesday. Oh yeah, no, it's poking the gods in the eye repeatedly. Did you hear thumb. this podcast in D.C. about these fucking morons talking about going out to Vegas? You're going to lose on Wednesday. Poke, 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 yeah. And to even make plans, to even pick up the phone and go, hey, uh, you know, if the Caps were to... That's the instant kibosh. That's the instant Maloika, the instant... Do not do go not to Expedia or Southwest.com. Do not look up flights until... Six to the zeros on the clock, and Ovi's hoisting up that trophy or whatever it is. All right, let's talk some basketball because I do genuinely respect your opinion on a lot of things basketball-wise. Although I'm pretty sharp every now and then, and I did say many, many months ago two things. One, I said, this supporting cast for LeBron, don't lecture me on how he's got the best team ever. That was after they were down 0-2. Now it's 2-2, and they're playing better. Of course, LeBron is just destroying people in their wake, so I'm sort of half right on that one. The other thing I said months and months ago was, don't even talk to me about James Harden until he does something to impress me when it matters most in the playoffs. And yet again, Harden and the Rockets and their style of play are laying a dud against a super team that I know is going to go down generationally as one of the best teams of all time, but I'm not impressed with Houston. All right, I'll hang up, Murray, and listen off the air. Go. <laughs> the one thing about, and and I don't disagree about Houston, but what is getting overshadowed a bit is that this Warriors team is just that good. And I don't know, and that's why two weeks ago I said the Warriors would win this series in five, and I'm holding on to that and I think it still will happen because we record this on 
Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday morning, morning. Tuesday night, we've got the Warriors and Rockets, and I think the Warriors should take care of business. But just go back to game number three, where Steph Curry's in this shooting funk that we've never seen before from him, and we're all wondering, oh, is he hurt? Is you know, is he getting exposed now? They still led by 11 at the half against the Rockets. And yeah, with then Curry Steph, throwing air balls. And then Steph Curry did Steph Curry things and went off for 17 points in the third quarter in a blink of an eye. This team is unbeatable. Now, Andre Iguodala is hurt, and he's going to miss game four. And that's that's a bit of an issue. But they just have so many weapons. And Clay Thompson just quietly sits there and says, you know, when needed. Yeah. Use for emergency, and I can go off for 40 points, too. This team is just so ridiculously loaded. Houston's really somebody, good. Somebody tweeted about Clay Thompson real quick, and then you can keep going. Is that, uh, and, and they tweeted this to Whitlock. They said, Clay Thompson's like that preacher who he's all, you know, nice and solid and, you know, buttoned up. But when some stuff goes down on the hood, some shit gets crazy, he rips <laughs> off that frock, and he pulls out his piece, and he goes out in the hood, and he's like, everybody calm the fuck down. Calm the fuck down because Preacher Clay is here to handle shit. Is that what you're saying? That he's just so low-key? He's like, yeah, man, if you need some threes, I'm pretty good at it. Bang, 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 bang. Well, that's the thing about this Warriors team is, you know, if you were to shut down, I don't know, an MVP and the second best player in the league, in my opinion, Kevin Durant, if you were to do that, then they could go to a two-time MVP in Steph Curry. And if he's having an off night, they can just go to an all-star and an Olympian in Klay Thompson. And if that doesn't work, then they can go to the the stat sheet filler in Nutkicker Green, and he'll do that. Or they could go to the finals MVP from 2015 in Andre Iguodala. Or they can go to Sean Livingston, who broke James Harden's ankle seven different ways in game number three. How'd you like that play? That okey-doke right there, huh? Oh my <laughs> God! So Look, wait, how good for that? good for now? Back to your point. I I am higher on Houston than you are. Okay. Um, I, I I recognize where you're coming at with the James Harden thing, and and you're not wrong. Uh, I do think he he's really good. Um, but the game two situation where PJ Tucker and Eric Gordon are hitting fucking jump shots from Mars, and you're like, yeah. wow, that's not sustainable because no. those guys aren't. <laughs> Clay Thompson right. and Andre Iguodala. So they're very good. And that's why I tweeted this out just a little while ago before we started. Who is the next team to win an NBA title not named the Golden State Warriors? I, there's no easy answer. Uh, wherever LeBron goes to. Ding. Okay. Boom. Yeah. Roasted. There you go. I solved it for you. The big qu- And that's going to be the great thing of the summer. It looks like the NBA playoffs from here on out might be a fizzling. They suck. Might be they a suck. fizzling dud. Last night was mildly interesting with Boston-Cleveland, yeah. but it might game- be a fizzling dud. What is the real show is July oh, when LeBron July decides, is be sexy. where am I going to go? That's going to be fun to watch. Back to Clay and shooting threes and Steph Curry and whatnot. I love watching both guys shoot threes because both of their threes are aesthetically different from each other. Clay's seems to be a tighter, boxier, more line drivier shot, which is still incredibly deadly. Uh, very fundamentally sound, no, no doubt. Oh, Whereas yeah. Steph's is a more arcing, poetic, dripping wet rainbow of a three, which is also spectacular to watch. Your thoughts? What makes 
there Clay Thompson has probably the quickest trigger in the league when given a pass in the corner you find him in the corner you find him on the wing he's going to catch to release if you time quickest it. in the league right i was texting uh a buddy of mine who's uh who's a college coach and i because we were watching the Cavs game last night and i'm like kyle corver coming off a screen is it your buddy you his... keep pimping all the time that just got the job at mount st no uh no that's a different guy who is it? Uh, the former Mount St. Mary's coach I am friendly with. He's now at Siena. He yeah. took Who's over that? for Jimmy Patsos. Jamie and Christian. So I was, yeah, Jamie and Christian. Is that who yes. you're texting with? Yeah, I was texting with him okay. last night. Do you know another sent. college coach? I know the new Mount St. Mary's coach. He's a very he's a good friend. Very Who's good that? friend. Uh, Dan Engelstad. He All right. How many to, coaches are on the Murray roster? Uh, those are the main two I'll, I'll text friendly with. Should like, we get one of them on the Zabecast by phone and make it a three-way someday? Sure, uh, if you want to talk, uh, if you want to get all basketball nerdy, I would love to down. get nerdy. We Actually, can't, there's we can't three. Say, we can't say fuck though because they're going to want to keep their reputation yeah. clean. There is three. I am very close. I'm not very close. We're not, you know, Christmas card buds. But I am co- with uh, Catholic University's coach Steve Howes. He's a good dude as well. So okay. there's the three. All right. Um, By the way, I, but I, sexy- I know Ben Howland. I don't think he would pick up the phone for me, though. <laughs> I know Jamie Dixon. He was another UCSB assistant. I don't think yeah. he'd pick up the phone for me. Who else do I know? Oh, I know uh, my college You know Gary? You know Gary? I know, I know Gary. And Gary would Gary come on trumps the... all three of my guys. Gary would come on the Zabecast, and he would say fuck, I think, because he's retired. He doesn't give a fuck now. We should try to get him on. Okay, I digress. Back to where we um, were. So you were, ta- you were as... texting with your coach about clay and three i was talking about kyle corver really because oh yeah yeah. coming off the screen i saw your tweet about that you've got kyle corver wood oh my god he's a sick three point that was oh kyle corver is the is what i dreamed of being he is well he's (laughs) you mean that handsome oh he is handsome (laughs) devil's handsome he's got that sweet haircut that he always pushes to the side just like ashton kutcher he blocked jalen brown two blocks twice two blocks what the fuck is he doing blocking jalen brown one of the most electric jumpers in the league and then the play where he raced down a ball uh off of the uh off of the jump ball lebron tipped it into the backcourt and he raced it down and rogier ended up out of bounds but what I love about Corver and what gives me wood is how he can come off a screen, set his feet, and shoot so quickly, yeah. and it's just it's beautiful. All right, but Corver, Clay Thompson Corver is quicker with the release, catch to release. Yes. Okay. So so you think that Corver sets up square better from yes. all different angles? Coming off a screen, I'll okay. take Corver. Set shot, I'll take Clay, and then. Making a play off the dribble, that's where Steph Curry just flourishes. He can get right. separation so quick, and he's got such deep range that he could step back and get fire a three. Uh, Gottlieb said on Twitter, he said, he used to be taking shots off of dribbles or crossovers was considered a bad shot, but not in today's NBA. That's what Gottlieb said he was taught when he was playing at Oklahoma State. But Steph Curry's obviously breaking the mold on that. So, mm-hmm. all right, so how about J.J. Redick? Let's say you got Redick, you got Corver, you've got Clay, you got Steph, and I'll throw Durant, and I'll throw Harden in there. There's six guys. Yeah. You have a dude, a bad guy with a gun to your head. He's going to blow your brains out, make wall spaghetti out of you <laughs> if you don't get somebody. <laughs> this is quite a scenario. You've got to have a guy make five threes in a row otherwise wall spaghetti who do you pick amongst those 
three. Okay. Don't no pressure now. Look at oh, you. You've got man. the you've got the fucking gun sound too. Yeah. Uh, there, there. That's the better one right there. Just Go because ahead. uh just because it's still uh, it's still semi from last night. I'll just take Kyle Corver. Okay. I'd take Clay. Clay's, yeah, Clay's I mean, serious. Can't enough. really go wrong with with Hard, any of Hard, those guys. You can't. Right. Uh, if, if it if it came down to you know five in a row for your brains splattered against the wall, who do you pick? Hardens out because he might be. How high. are we shooting? How are how are we Wide shooting? No, is it off? Is it off a rack no, three no. point style? Is yeah. he getting fed it? Yeah. Off a dribble? What, yeah. You have to specify. Yeah. No, you're because this is for my life. No, you're 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 handcuffed and you're gagged and there's a guy with a gun <laughs> right Jesus. there at. <laughs> I got to make a graphic. You're at center court. There's two bodyguards. This is like the the Mexican drug cartel, and they're going to murder the fuck out of you and put it on video and send it to your family. But you can get out of it with five threes in a row. You got those six guys to choose from. I would not choose Harden because he could be high at any time, and I don't want him taking it. I wouldn't take Steph Curry because he'd fuck around and dribble and shit and be like, bro, this is for my brain. I'm about to die, man. Right. Durant would be worried about what people would say about him on social media if when your I brains were to be splattered all over the court. Corver uh, is just a little too duh. Uh, JJ Redick, pro- I'd probably between Redick and Clay would be my choice. You? Corver. I, I already said uh, I'll go Corver. Go Corver. Corver's the guy. Okay. Uh, is Cleveland back in this thing? Oh, yeah. Is Cleveland going to win frust- this thing? Uh, it does. Fry, um, game five is the game side. Pivotal. Is game it's a five. pivotal game five. It is. It is pivotal yeah. because if 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 Cleveland wins game five, it's over. Game six, they come back to Cleveland. Boston proved they can't win on the road. If this goes to seven, I have a hard time seeing at TD Garden the minions that surround LeBron stepping up, and LeBron might also try to do too much. Okay. Um, by the way, I just looked up all-time three-point field goal percentage in NBA history. Uh, Jeff Hornacek or something stupid Steve like Kerr, that. Steve Kerr's Fred Hoiberg, one. the mayor of Ames, Iowa. I love that Number nickname. four is Steph Curry. Number six is my boy, Kyle Corver. Hold, hold, hold on a second. This is percentage? Percentage. Okay. Uh, Steph Curry, four. What, what, are, what are the numbers? Give the percentages. Uh, Starting at the top, 44 point something? Steve Kerr is 45.4%. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Steph, Steph Curry's 43.6. By the, way, by the way, that Steve Kerr percentage, just, the Steve Kerr percentage, just for the record, a lot of wide-open looks off of Michael Jordan double teams. That's Just nice to have on your team, saying, huh? Saying, fuck yeah, Fucking it is. Jordan it's on called, your Well, It's called 23 Corver's got LeBron now. <laughs> well, that's, that's, but that's why they got him, though. Of course. They got him as the specialist to be out there to play 23-foot, 9-inch Papa shot when LeBron is drawing double and triple teams. And I love, uh, I love Corver, that. Corver is just slightly ahead of, of Tim Legler, former Bullet. Legs. Number seven. Could uh, Clay up. Thompson is 11 all-time percentage, and Redick is 15. Do you think there will come a time in which we have a three-point shooter in the NBA who finishes career over 50%? I do. You do? Mm-hmm. Because? 
That's just the way the game is going. State of the art is getting better and better all the time. People are are utilizing the three-pointer so much. A name that you would never, ever think would be this high. Number five, Jason Capono. Oh, that's right, UCLA. Yeah. Capono. Wasn't he like the first pick in the Bobcats franchise uh, expansion draft? Uh, you could probably look that up if you're so inclined. I'm not that interested per se, but okay. All right. So yeah. Um, all right. Well. Uh, so so G- Cleveland's back in it, and pivotal game five that'll determine the a direction. Thing, of a the thing about Cleveland series. that uh, a couple things about last night that that frustrate me about Cleveland moving forward is that if they just showed the same fucking effort that they had in game three and most of game four, yeah, they're they're better. They're just a better team, and. Van Gundy, I thought, had a great analogy. I think it was in Game 2, talking about when things go wrong for the Celtics, they don't point fingers. But when things go wrong with the with the Cavs, it's like a, a bad marriage. There's eye yeah, rolls, a lot of, I, there's finger pointing. I believe Mark, was it Mark Jackson or Van Gundy that said they, they eye roll each other more than a bad, ma- bad yes, marriage? Yes, that's what he said. That was a great line. I also like the line where Mark Jackson, they were talking about the flagrant one that was given to J.R. Smith for the double-handed push in the back of uh, Jalen, or no, of uh, Horford. Yeah. And they're like, is that a flagrant? Is that, yeah, yeah, that's a flagrant. And then Mark Jackson says, that's not only a flagrant. At the park, that's the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> that was so great. Are you a fan of them? I, I like love their, them. Yeah, I, I love like them. It's, that, that booth, that three-way booth, combined well they don't combine because they're on espn but the three-way booth of breen van gundy and jackson along with the studio show of ernie kenny charles and now Shaq, are the two best television shows that convey a natural speaking conversational style no bullshit product of sports entertainment television slash radio i've ever seen I hope there's more of that out there because for too long, things have been too stiff on television. Well, I'm calling a game. I've got to be serious. Let me trot out some cliches. No. Van Gundy and Jackson cut to the chase. When 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 three words gets it done, that's what they use. They don't go blah, 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 blah for 40 seconds. That's what Troy Aikman does. That's why he's a terrible broadcaster. When four words would do, Aikman drones for 40 seconds. And now I'll shut up. What are you looking up right now? Because you know in those pauses, you're looking something up right now. No, I'm, I'm looking at... Uh, 33 past the hour here on the Zabecast. Thank you for joining us. Just in a few minutes, uh, another rousing edition of Fuck That Guy. We're hoping that Mr. Murray has one handy. I He's do. He's usually angry enough that we're never waiting for an FTG from you. That's for sure. Um, these are LeBron's current stats in the NBA playoffs. I, 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 look, I don't want to hear them. You know why? They're great. A billion points, a billion rebounds, a billion... I know. (laughs) All right, go ahead. Give me the stats for this. 33 points per game, 9.4 assists per game, 9 rebounds per game, 54% field goal percentage, 6 40-point games, 3 triple doubles, 2 buzzer beaters. To quote Larry David, pretty, pretty good. I forget what our over-unders, I think... the over/under for points in this series was thirty-two and a half. I believe he's north of that. Oh, that's right. And he's you already got. You and I did, did over/unders. Who kept? We did over/unders. Two and a half forty-point games, and he's got two in this series. Huh. So who kept track of that stuff? Uh, you have an intern, right? 
<laughs> no, not yet. Well, I do not have yet. an intern, but not for the Zabecast. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. So, here we go. Let's hopefully get some good games. And then, if Cleveland gets through to the finals, do they have something for the Warriors? No. Yes, sir. No. Well, that didn't take long. If the Celtics no. get through. Well, that didn't take long either. That's why, that's why Zabe, these Western and Eastern Conference finals – Needed to be compelling because the NBA Finals is not going to be compelling. What will make the NBA playoffs compelling going forward in the future? Another super team? Yeah, yeah, That's I what think it's going to take right. Well, what if if Boston Boston's going to get their guys back? They're going to get Gordon Hayward. Boston and... is a super team waiting to spawn based yes. just on the doctors and rehab. Then LeBron goes to Philadelphia, and you've got Boston and Philly as a super team uh, rivalry right there. What about LeBron to Houston? Do you see that happening or no? I don't see it happening, but uh, smarter people, uh, I I guess, believe it could. I think it's down to Cleveland and Philly. So he could stay. He could stay. They could. What if they. What are they going to do to get better? What if everybody is scared away from Kawhi? And they say you can have the eighth overall pick and Kevin Love and some other jabron, and we'll take Kawhi off your hands. Or he convinces I don't know Paul George something to entice LeBron to stay. I just I just look at this team. They're not as dreadful as some believe that they are, but there's just you get moments like the Indiana series where you're like, where the fuck is everybody? And yeah. Kevin Love, look, you you asked. Are we going to be complaining about Kevin Love uh, in between <laughs> games two and three? I did, and that. we didn't because I think he played pretty well in game two. I think he had twenty-two okay. points or something like that. But last night he was terrible. You have to hit open shots in the NBA, and he's not doing that. He had six turnovers. He had nine points. He had that amazing outlet pass, which is just a thing of beauty to LeBron. But you just need more from Kevin Love. More love, baby. More That's love. the answer to everything. Okay. Here we go. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Sometimes tough love is exactly what's needed. That's why we just... Say FTG to somebody, anybody in the world of sports or beyond. Tim Murray, who is your nominee today for Fuck That Guy? Zabe, my nomination for Fuck That Guy is... It's not that close, guy. It's not even that close. When you have an (laughs) argument, who's better, LeBron or Jordan? And this is the trump card that a guy who isn't well-researched... It's not even close. And he just screams it and yells it. It's answer A... Or answer it's not B, even followed that with, close. followed with, and it's not even close. Yeah, that's I saw a, it. Yeah, fuck that guy that does that because that's a very fake way to argue. It's just you don't you don't have enough information to back up your argument. Now it's not even that close. Margot Robbie is hotter than <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell. Yes, not even that close. Okay. Not even that close. Right. But when the big lead tweets out. Luka Doncic is the best player in the NBA draft, and it's not close. Get the fuck out of here. You don't know enough about this Slovenian dude. He could be good, but DeAndre Ayton's 7'1 in a fucking freak of nature. 
I think it is close. Okay. If the Suns go Luka Doncic, fine. But there might be a reason for it. Fuck the it's not even that close guy. You know, you fell victim to clickbait because I know. that phrase, it's not even close, goes along with clickbait like you won't recognize dot, 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 or other, like, this reaction was just what you would expect, dot, dot, dot. Well, wait, what do I expect? So tricky, these clickbait articles. My fuck that guy goes to one Michael Allen Hag. That's A-A-G. Who is Michael Allen Hag, you might ask? Well, he's just a man who was on a Frontier Airlines flight who decided to open up his zipper and piss on the seat in front of him. Not only did he do that, but this man had been such a menace on the flight, he had been moved several times for allegedly touching one sleeping female passenger and later asking another female passenger about her sexual and marital life. The pissing was caught on video with a camera phone. And yes, he was arrested once they landed. Being arrested is not enough. One year of jail time, no early parole, mandatory minimum for shit like this. Let's send a message. This, we are not going to be animals in an airplane where you cannot leave the airplane. Michael Allen Hag, you fucking animal. Fuck that guy! All right, for more of Tim Murray, follow him on Twitter at one, the number one, Tim Murray, and listen to him every morning on SB Nation AM. Timmy, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Zabe. We'll end with this today. What has happened to Jim Carrey? Good question. Rex Reed, writing in TheObserver.com, a review of the movie Dark Crimes, the latest straight-to-Amazon video movie effort by one Jim Carrey. Yes, the same Jim Carrey. Ace Detective and all these other movies that he did that they loved him in. What has happened to Jim Carrey, writes Rex Reed. Once a revered comedian with a big fan base, Carrey hasn't made a good movie in 10 years. And the ones he has been in have been box office bombs. Now he's turned to drama, writes Rex Reed. And like an army of funny men who tried it before, hoping for new respect as a serious actor from both critics and audiences, he is advised to brace himself, writes Reed. I admire Kerry for taking on a grim and sobering project made in Krakow, Poland, one that requires a range he would never be asked to show in any American sitcom. But Dark Crimes is so lurid, so irrelevant, and so unwatchable it makes you wonder if he ever read the script. Uh, I won't go into the details of the movie. You can download it yourself and watch it. Uh, Rex Reed gave it one star. And yes, it will probably suck. I don't know what happened to Jim Carrey. Just like I didn't know what happened to Mike Myers. I understand if you're a actor and you're serious about your craft and you have had success, and you've got a lot of money in the bank, and you are a Hollywood A-lister, you think, is this all there is? I want to do something else. I want to play some serious roles. You know I can be serious. The problem is, that's not what the public loves you for. Do what you do, and do it well. I remember Bill Murray in Racer's Edge, or not Racer's Edge, Razor's Edge. Disaster. 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 
Bill Murray figured out that he can now play serious but quirky roles that are still funny in their own kind of a way without trying to totally reinvent himself as somebody who is a serious actor. And Jim Carrey is perhaps going down the same road. Uh, Yes, he did play Dumb and Dumber 2. That was a bomb, 2014. He was an anchorman too. The legend continues as the CBC News anchor of Scott Riles. I believe that was a minor part. Cold Dead Hand with Jim Carrey. That was a video short. Let's see. Uh, Drunk History. Mr. Popper's Penguins, 2011. Was briefly in the office as the Finger Lakes guy. He was in A Christmas Carol. As Scrooge, not bad in that one, but not a major motion picture hit. I love you, Philip Morris. Yes, man. Horton hears a who. Fun with Dick and Jane. A series of unfortunate events. And on and on. It was Bruce Almighty, probably the last decent movie he made, which was 2003. 2003. Uh, you know, Liar Liar in 97. The Cable Guy was a big bomb. That was 96. Ace Ventura, Batman Forever, uh, as the Riddler. He was great in that. And others. It just, hey, Jim, enjoy your life as a millionaire. Make funny movies. If you want to make quirky, sort of serious, dark, funny movies, that's okay as well. But don't pretend like you're going to become Robert De Niro. You're just not. You never are. Oh, and also, he's mad at Facebook now, Jim Carrey. When Facebook reported its quarterly earnings last week, CEO Mark Zuckerberg said 2017 was a, quote, hard year for the company. Now just one month into 2018, Facebook is already being burned by a celebrity-led social media boycott against it. Comedian and actor Jim Carrey announced on Twitter that he would delete his Facebook page, which had 5 million followers, and sell all of his Facebook stocks because Facebook, quote, profited from Russian interference during the 2016 presidential election. And they're still not doing enough to stop it. He also encouraged other Facebook shareholders to dump company stocks. The tweet was accompanied by a painting of Kerry, painting by Kerry of Mark Zuckerberg with a Facebook logo and a dislike button on the side. It's one of the many portraits of celebrity politicians and businessmen that Kerry has been painting lately. I'm sorry to say, but his paintings suck just as much of his recent, just as much as his recent movies have as well. Of course, it's got fake book, not Facebook. <laughs> Ooh, sick burn. Sick burn. Says Murray, uh, or says Carrie in his diatribe against Facebook, quote, for a long time, America enjoyed a geographical advantage in the world with oceans on both sides to protect it. Now social media has created a cyber bridge over which those who do not have our best interest in mind can cross it, and we are allowing it. What we need now are activist investors to send a message that with responsible oversight is needed. What the world needs now is capitalism with a conscience. Hey, Jim, bottom line, get in more funny movies. Get somebody who knows how to read a script in Hollywood and can distinguish the shit from the good stuff. And say, here you go, Jim. This would be a very funny movie for you to be in. And you could put your own spin on it. Let's get back to you being Jim Carrey. All right? All this serious shit, nah. Go take a community class for that. Or go scratch that itch on the side. This is your bread. 
and butter. I know I'd go see a funny Jim Carrey movie if he ever makes one again. That'll be a wrap for today. Thank you very much for listening. Do me a solid. Tell two friends. And remember that podcasts are your friend in the car, your friend on the mower, your friend when you just need somebody to listen to. Leave a positive review, download, subscribe at all the major podcast outlets. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.